They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster. What's up, friends? Welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. I am Shane Pruitt, the National Next Gen Director for NAM. Always got my co-host with me, Paul Wooster, who's the National Collegiate Director for NAM. Paul, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? Hey, I'm feeling a little sick. Got like a little minor cold or hopefully it's not COVID, but at least <laughs> you know we're on, on yeah. Zoom. So you, I don't think you can catch COVID through Zoom, but uh, we'll, we'll find out here. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like I, I, I say we're doing podcasts and I'm kind of like doing the flu game right now. You know, I'm <laughs> well, man, I'm glad we're practicing social distancing, not of just six feet, but like, dude, like almost like 10 states. Yeah, we got the 10 states going on between us here. Yeah. Well, man, Paul, hey, dude, uh, man, I'm so excited about our guest today. Uh, you and I, man, we've been fans of his for a mm-hmm. while and the ministry uh, that he is the director of. Uh, him and I actually connected on a flight not too long ago. Uh, man, he recognized uh, like my sneakers, you know, I had some J's on, so he noticed yeah. those first and then the NAM backpack. So man, I, it just as another confirmation, I've been trying to convince my wife that sneakers are a ministry tool. So we got to, you know, like make sure that's in our budget every month. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's I a direct connection to your anointing and the, your shoe game. That's for sure. I heard, I think that's in third Corinthians. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, hey, well, man, hey friends, uh, I'm so excited about our guest today. Our guest is Solomon Rexius. He is the national director of the Salt Company. Uh, if you are involved with collegiate ministry at all, young adult ministry, you probably know the Salt Company. If you don't, you need to get to know the Salt Company. So Solomon is the national director. He's also a college pastor. Man, he is just an all-around incredible leader. We're so excited to have him on today as we talk about from collegiate ministry to collegiate movement. Man, what a great topic. Uh, Solomon also has one of the probably coolest names of any guests we've ever had, and probably only second to Robbie Gallaty, probably has the biggest biceps of any guest we've ever had, you know? <laughs> so, Solomon, oh, welcome to yeah. the Next Gen on Mission podcast. Yeah. I think you never Thank had you. an intro like that before. That, yeah. that was a really good intro. If I, anytime I'm getting compared to Robbie Gallaty, that's pretty good, so I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, hey, you know, when we had Robbie on last season, I said, Robbie... How does it feel to know you have the biggest biceps in the SBC? And he started laughing and goes, well, that's not much competition. So, <laughs> yeah, so, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, well, hey, Solomon, man, welcome. Hey, before we get too spiritual, man, tell us one fun fact about you that we may not already know. Yeah, totally. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is great. I've been listening to the podcast for a while, so excited to be on it. Uh, fun fact about me. So... I got a few, but the one that people kind of get a kick out of is I actually met my wife at the Zion Gate in Jerusalem. We were both on a study tour there, different grad schools that came together for a kind of a three-week bus tour thing. And I saw this girl and man, she just couldn't stop following me around. So (laughs) 11 years later, here we are. That's actually not how the story went, but we got married later. And I was from Oregon. She was from Alabama. I met in Jerusalem, and our first son is named Israel because of that. So that's my oh, fun fact. Come on. 
I love dude, that, dude. I love that. Yeah. She saw the biceps and just kind of walked straight. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, man, I love that's that. Great, man. That's a great place to. Um, actually, my twin brother, um, he <laughs> he got paid. They paid his way to go on a Holy Land tour um, with a girl. A pastor paid his way, and uh, the girl that the the pastor's daughter um was on the trip and so the pastor was his whole goal was to put the match make them together mm. um, and send him on this holy land tour he's like hey this is this is where the magic can happen but it didn't work out but <laughs> just reminding me of that story is like something about it <laughs> being on yep. a trip yeah hey, that was yep. the craziest twist ever paul you like <laughs> totally set that up and you know, uh, but it didn't work out <laughs> yeah it didn't work out <laughs> <laughs> no man paul no. i didn't know that you were a, a twin i'm a twin too my he's back in oregon but uh yeah man twin vibes it's a fun, fun way to grow up i love being a twin man it's great so we always ask our guests this question what do we need to know about generation z yeah that's a great question you know i think I bet a lot of people listening to this podcast could give better answers than me or maybe even have more researched answers. I can tell you what I'm learning on a personal level about Generation Z is that they're more like me than I thought. And that's actually something that we we try to teach to our staff and our student leaders is to try to see yourself in the other person. Like I, I think there's I think there's value in knowing some of the trends and data of what's distinct about each generation. So like, I'm not against that, I, but I do think there is a danger when you, if you know too many of those stats that you can maybe start to see younger people as like other or different. And so we just yeah. want to be really great at loving the people we once were. And so I once was mm -hmm. you, I, I, maybe I, it took different forms, but I had struggles with security and acceptance and approval and significance. And I still do. And so I think, I think that's one of the things that I'm learning about Generation Z is they're actually quite a bit like me. Mm. Yeah, I love that. What a great answer, Solomon. Solomon, so um, listeners, like I mentioned earlier, like if, if you are familiar with the sock company, then you know. If you're not, you need to know about them. And so the sock company is one of the largest collegiate ministries in the nation. And so Solomon, would you briefly tell us your journey of how you became involved with the sock company and now the national director? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of stumbled into it, to be honest. Um, not sure where to start, but but basically it was in college that I began to really learn uh, what it looked like to know and follow Christ. I got saved at a young age, but it was in college where I really kind of came to spiritually. Um, so after college, worked in accounting for a little bit, went to Western Seminary in Portland, Oregon. And right after that, I went back to Eugene, Oregon uh, to start help start a college ministry at a church called university fellowship that ministry was called the good fight reaching students there at university of oregon my alma mater go ducks and i learned so much in those years saw some good fruit i cherished those days but then in the fall of 2016 it was kind of like a friend of a friend of a friend got connected with salt company that eventually led to a job offer and so after a lot of talk and prayer we came in and visited and we just saw what God was doing. I mean, over a thousand students gathering for a midweek service of Bible teaching and worship. And, over, you know, I think at that point there were about 280 student leaders. Now it's up to 350. But there's just like there was something happening. And I think the invitation to that was pretty compelling. And so mm -hmm. uh, we came out there in the spring of 2017, came out here to Ames, Iowa. We love it. The winters are a little colder 
than I'm used yeah, to in the yeah. summer. So a little more hot and humid, but overall yeah. it's a great place to live and serve. And so we're thankful for the path that God has taken us on. Hmm. So can you give us a little bit of history of Salt Company and the Salt Network and how God has used that? And what do you see are some of the keys to its success over the years? Yeah, for sure. So let's see. Salt Company's roots are actually in a, a Baptist student union that had a leadership transition and then a name change that be, eventually it kind of shifted and became a church-based college ministry called Salt Company. That was 1985 mm-hmm. or 1986. And then in 1994, uh, the leader of that ministry, with the blessing of his father, who was the pastor of that original church, uh, planted a church across town that was going to be more specifically focused on the next generation. So he kind of took the salt company with him and started Cornerstone Church in 1994, which is a multi-generational church that's focused on reaching the next generation. So over the last you know, 27 years, the church has grown a lot, and uh, back in 2010, through some providential events, we actually began to kind of see a vision for planting more churches like us. You know, that is multi-generational local churches that are planted in university centers to reach the next generation. So it started in Iowa City to reach University of Iowa and then Cedar Falls, reaching University of Northern Iowa. And then from there on, uh, kind of throughout the Midwest. And now we're out as far as Colorado, Florida, uh, New York next year. And so Five years ago, there were only five salt companies. Now there's 20. And Lord willing, that number will continue to grow over the next few years. So you also asked about uh, keys to success. So I'll touch on that quick too. It's, I mean, first it's God, right? That's the, yeah. that's the right answer. <laughs> Not yep, just the yep. Christian answer. That's actually the right answer. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the, the kind of growth and success that we've experienced is undeserved and mostly unexplainable but I will try to explain it. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's not one thing that makes Salt Company what it is. It's a collection of things. But if I could describe the collection of things with a word, it would probably be the culture. Like we, we talk a lot about the culture of Salt Company and the Salt Network, and we think about it, and we try to celebrate the right things and systematize the right things and measure the right mm-hmm. things. And so the three words that we use all the time is authentic, ambitious family. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of mm-hmm. culture we want. And so, um, yeah, authentic, you know, we have all sorts of ways that this works itself out practically, but one of the things you'd hear around salt company a lot is starting point in Christianity is not acting like you have it all together, but admitting that you don't. So we start there. Like that's where we start. Uh, we just want to be people who are open about our strengths and weaknesses about our brokenness and our wholeness. And so this culture of authenticity is pretty big. Then ambition, you know, we, we take risks. We go for it on fourth down. We think small ambitions dishonor a big God. And so we try to do big mm. things, not because we're big and awesome, but we think God is. And so ambition right. is a word we use, a word we try to redeem because it has some negative right. yep. I know that. Um, and then family. Um, that there's actually a quote back there. It's, I, I learned it at Panda Express, at, of all places. And it says, <laughs> I love the quote, though. It says, make happy those who are near and those who are far will come. I saw that mm. on the wall. And I thought, man, that's so true for that kind of family mm-hmm. culture that can be developed around a staff team or an elder team, or then even like the membership of a church that then reaches out. It's just, it's like cascading culture, you know, like I know yeah. Patrick Lencioni, I think talks about like cascading communication. Well, communication is not the only thing that cascades. Culture also cascades. Yep. So we try right. to we try to start those like family um, 
the, the family culture uh, really from from the top, from the center of our, our ministry. And then last, we don't say this one very often, but I'll just throw it in there because it's true. Authentic, ambitious family and fun. We, we really try to have fun together. We think following Jesus is is right and fun and exciting. Right. Mm-hmm. So we do lots of fun things. We think healthy families have fun together. Um, last weekend, we had this crazy thing out of our church. Cause you know, this year we had to cancel all of our retreats and conferences mm-hmm. and all that, but we did, we were able to do like this one day thing we called spring thing. And it was crazy. We just had fun all day. We also had some, some sessions with teaching and worship and all that, but we like destroyed a car in the parking lot. We set a Christmas tree on fire. We had a baby lamb petting zoo. Um, this, is all, <laughs> this is all for college students, by the way. And so we're to have fun together too. So authentic, ambitious family, and then fun. The, I think those are actually some of the key like ingredients yeah. of success outside of God, yeah. just blessing it and choosing to bless it. Even in our failures, those are some of the things I would talk about, man. That is so good. That's so rich. And so, so I mean, with you being a part of a local salt company and then director of the salt network across the nation, y'all provide a lot of uh, coaching and helps for collegiate leaders and leaders across the nation. Would you share some of, about that, um, man? Because what we found at NAMP is to really move the needle is to really impact leaders um, that are going to impact their areas. So would you talk about like how y'all help and coach and and, um, uh, be a resource for leaders? Yeah. 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 It's so relational. Um, I think from outside looking in it, it, salt company and the salt network might look like a factory, but it it feels like a family. It's very intentional, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's very relational. And so what I mean by that is we actually have a pretty large staff team here at the salt company. It's about 20 people on staff right now. And, that's actually where it starts. So I just last summer, yeah, I became like officially the, the national director, mm-hmm. but so many of the current salt directors or the college pastors around our network, they actually came through Ames and have come mm-hmm. under, under my leadership. And so I already have a relationship with them. So yep. if I, if I tell you what I do, which, which I will, it won't sound very impressive, but you got to realize there's a lot of relational backdrop on yep. it too. And so we, we have weekly zoom calls. Like that's about <laughs> it. Uh, we have weekly zoom calls where I, I I'm teaching um, the guys and girls, like what I'm, what I'm learning um, kind of some of the challenges them facing. Some of it feels like vitamins in terms of like, it's just like big picture stuff to like get healthy mm-hmm. personally and how to lead a healthy mission. Sometimes it's medicine. It's like the right now I need help on something. Mm-hmm. And so we do a number of different topics on that call, but it's an hour every week with them. Uh, on Zoom. And then three or four times a year, we get together in person for anywhere from a day to three days to just talk basically about the same stuff, but just on a deeper level. And Mm -hmm. so we have, yeah, three or four events uh, annually where we all come together either in Ames or some other place Mm -hmm. uh, to to grow together. So that's kind of what I do on the national level. All of our churches are independent. And so like, I'm not Mm -hmm. their boss. I'm just like, the guy that maybe used to be their boss or are just the guy they have a relationship with. And so I, I'm able to mentor and coach from that position of influence, not the position of authority. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that's very much same thing with what we do at NAM. Yeah. We just want to come beside, I uh, always kind of describe it as we want to be like Aaron and her, you know, in Exodus, just come up and uplift the arms of Moses. And for mm-hmm. us, Moses is that, that local church pastor, that local church, that, that BCM director, that college pastor, that youth pastor, um, so very much the same way, man. And we're so uh, like-minded with the Sog Company and great partners with you guys. And and uh, man, I know that uh, uh, Nam is a big fan of the Sog Company and the Salt Network and what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Hey, and every year, what we love is, man, we love to see people step from death into life. So y'all see every year a ton of college students come to know Jesus, get baptized. So would you share a little bit of y'all's evangelism strategy with college students? 
Yeah, our, our evangelism strategy, I mean, I guess to start, I'd say the best evangelism strategy is a great discipleship strategy. I don't know who yeah. said that, but it's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And at least we found that to be true. Yeah. And so when I see the word or, you know, the concept evangelism, I'm immediately thinking, like, who am I discipling to do that kind of thing? Um, and so yeah. we have about 350 student leaders signed up for next year. And so if, 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 if the shortest answer is like, what's your evangelism strategy? It's those 350 students of Iowa State who are going to be living in, in dorm rooms and living on campus and having classes there and part of clubs and sports teams. Like that's our evangelism strategy. It's the students. And so we, we do a lot to like invest in those students. So as the challenge goes up, so also should the investment. Yeah, and yeah. so we we invest in them with time. We we all of our leaders uh, get at least one or two one on ones per semester. They have a weekly discipleship group with either a staff or community member. Uh, we have monthly uh, leader nights, which are trainings, um, just talking about different things that they're going to need to know and wrestle with as a connection group leader. That's what we ask our leaders to do. They all lead. Uh, as a small group, which we call a connection group. So student-led connection groups. And so that, that's our discipleship strategy. I mean, it, or that's our, that's our evangelism. Really, they're the same thing. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. That's right. That's um, right. You know, yeah. And so that's, that's what we found to be most successful is we, we try to let students do what they're best at and that students are best at reaching students. Like there's a time for, for me or a staff member to come alongside another student in reaching a student, but we think the best people to do it our students themselves. Hmm. Yeah, the, I love that. And, and so I, mean, I love that approach. I love that answer. Um, you know, because sometimes uh, I feel like evangelism and discipleship, people try to fall in one of those two camps, and then it becomes almost like the bloods in the crypt. You know, it's like, no, we're discipleship guys. No, we're evangelism guys. We're varsity. You know what I mean? And so it's like, no, they're not, they're not rivals. They're conjoined twins, you know, like, yeah. Uh, so I love that answer, man. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Picturing you 350 students just being unleashed on a campus and even thinking about those first few weeks of the school year of the fall semester. I know you all, you guys do a lot of big, big stuff together to team up, to throw a wide net on the campus. Can you describe a little bit of what you guys do the first few weeks on campus? Yes. Yeah. That was the thing, just to be honest here, like when I came out from uh, Oregon to Iowa and just kind of learning the salt company, this was probably the single thing I was like most impressed with or had my eyes open because they we take so seriously here those first few days on campus you know i've heard it said that the two most life-shaping seasons of a person's life is zero to six months and then high school graduation to christmas and so that that's where the that's where the freshmen are and even those first few days on campus are like in the center you know of that second life-shaping season and so, yeah, it even starts back in the summer. We reach out to our current leaders to ask, hey, do you have any siblings or cousins or cousins' cousins where you can tell them about Salt Company so that when they come, it's actually not the first time they've heard about Salt Company. So we actually collect hundreds of names and contacts uh, even before dorm move-in day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then on, so let's say students move in, you know, generally that week before school starts, like Wednesday, Thursday. And then on Friday, we have this thing that starts called Mission Trip to Campus. And that's where we kind of unleash our 350 leaders to be on campus, helping with moving, playing Frisbee, board games, meeting people, just being around. And then each night, there's some sort of like invitable event, like a house party or a park party or a massive game of capture the flag on campus, something like that. And then that third night, 
Sunday night, we actually host an event on campus, free pizza, do it like a short testimony and sermon, tell them about Salt Company and uh, actually have people start signing up for connection groups there. So that's really our first few days of, of uh, well, the, it's like days zero, negative one, negative two, negative three before school starts. Those are really crucial days for us actually reaching freshmen and beginning our evangelism strategy. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing that video. I've seen a video of your first meeting and it's just amazing to see all the students sitting there and then all the student leaders are kind of around there with these signs based on the dorm that they're in or whatever. And it's so cool to see. Just think about that new student that's coming, making it easy for them to get connected to community and uh, and just being right there for them. I love that. Just catching yeah. Yeah, we have, so we get, yeah, on Sunday night, it's called the freshman kickoff. And then on that Thursday, it's our first midweek gathering of the year. We do midweeks every week while school is in session. And uh, yeah, and we call it a salt kickoff. And yeah, we we invite them all out to this big open lawn for, you know, worship and Bible teaching. And then we almost literally rope them in and like have, <laughs> have all our students stand there with the signs that, yeah, it has like the time and place where they can meet and just let people start. You know, we think the best way to predict your future is to look at your friends. And so we're like, we want, we actually want to have a piece of that. Like we want to get in the middle of that and help you meet the right kind of people, people that we Love think it. are going to listen to you and bless you and hear you out and accept you wherever you are. And so that's, yeah, that, that first like 10 days, five days before school starts and then five days after school starts, those are really critical for us. Hmm. I love you may people may see the salt company and just be like, wow, that's just a huge crowd. But what I love is that you guys are not just gathering people for that sake itself, but also sending out teams. You have a very aggressive strategy goes with your ambitious goal thing is, man, you guys are planting churches. You have about 400 (laughs) churches that you're hoping to plant in the United States and then a hundred overseas Um, like key university cities, that kind of thing. And students are even transferring schools to join your church plants. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you guys are doing to mobilize students for church planning and missions? What's some of your strategy behind that? Yeah, well, I think, I think college ministry itself is part of the strategy because Mm -hmm. especially in a, in a place like Ames, where it's it's more of like a true college town where it's like, you know, it's 70,000 people and half of them are students. Mm-hmm. So most people who come to Ames for school, they're going to leave. So they're going right. to go somewhere. And so they could go to Chicago and find a job or they could go with our Columbus team to Columbus, Ohio, and mm-hmm. they could find a job there and be part of the next Salt Network church plant. And so the fact that students are built in goers is really a huge part of what we do. It, it actually doesn't take that much convincing to encourage them to do Columbus over Chicago. It's like, hey, your friends are going to Columbus. Why don't you go with them too? So that's part of it. But then again, I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but I just want to say it again. It, it's so relational. It, it does. It's, it's not a factory. It's a family. Um, it's very intentional, very relational. And so people go with people they love and trust. And so mm-hmm. part of the reason our staff team is, is large here is because there's a lot of students, but also because we send out about 10 of our staff members every year. So we yep. basically 50% of our staff team turns over every year. And so the students, they, they know the staff members. And so the staff members are going on that too. And so there's just all these like relational networks that make, make the going uh, a really exciting thing for the students and makes it more doable for them to, to be part of the movement. 
That's incredible. I love that song. And hey, man, well, this next question, because you guys are doing it and you're doing it so well, is really going to be a softball for you to just uh, to crush out of the park, man. So really the heart behind our podcast is, and, and man, we love Paul and I love the fact that you guys are listening to it. And I know you've shared with me before that you've shared some of the episodes, even with uh, some of your leaders. And so, man, you know, the heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize they are really the now generation. Not just they're not the future of the church. They are the church right now. That they have a mission now, a calling on their life now, to be in the game now. So, would you give us one closing thought on that and one practical next step? Yeah. First of all, I love that charge. I that that on this podcast the first time I heard it said quite like that. But that's a great way to say it. The next generation is the now generation. Um, you know, one verse that's been really special to me and maybe you guys are familiar with it but psalm twenty two thirty says the next generation will be told about the lord they will come and tell the people yet to be born about his righteousness what he has done that mm-hmm. verse kind of it simultaneously like inspires me and haunts me because i, I just i, I want to be part of that and i know um it, it's a big it's a big ask it's a big mission and so i'm excited to be part of it and humbled to be part of that and so that's maybe one thought that comes to mind when you say that is that verse. But then for a practical step, again, what I'm learning about practically what this looks like for me, I think the greatest gift that I can give to the next generation is to be faithful in mine. And yeah. so I don't have to know everything about everything or be all up to speed on everything, social media, fashion, because I'm not on any of those. <laughs> um, but I think being faithful in your generation and what God has entrusted to you to be kind and humble and to follow Jesus mm-hmm. um, wherever God has you, that's I think that's actually the best way to reach the next generation. I wouldn't want people to get burdened with like, oh, I got to know all the stats about Gen Z. It's like, no, just know your neighbors, know the people in front, in front of you. Be a great, be a great mom or dad, walk well with Christ. That, that would be my encouragement mm-hmm. for those who want to positively impact the next generation. Be faithful in yours. Mm-hmm. My gosh, love I love that. that. Yeah, that is so encouraging, man. Just thinking about how God is really the, ultimately the one that if we're faithful to him, he is gonna, he promises to produce fruit through us. That's just, it's so encouraging to me is that this whole thing is really rigged. You know, if we do our part, like God is going to do his part. So thank you so much, Solomon. Thank you for your time. Um, how can people connect with you or the salt, learn more about the salt company? Yeah, honestly, come and visit. I would, I, we, we have a lot of people who come and visit and want to just check out salt company We host people all the time. Um, but, but in all seriousness, it, anyone who's interested in hearing more fully about the philosophy and kind of the plumbing of Salt Company here in Ames, we host an event each year called Catch the Vision. It used to be yeah. called Hitchhikers. Now it's called Catch the Vision. Uh, it's in October. I should have checked the date, but I think it's October 20th through 22nd, something like that. We kind of just open up our church and our playbook, give you all the resources. We have all our best stuff. So that's one way to learn more about Salt Company. Um, and then on a personal level, I don't do a ton of social media, I'll be honest, but <laughs> my contact information is on our website, saltcompany.com. And I don't have a secretary or anything. So I promise I'll read your email if you send it to me and respond as soon as I can. So that's probably how you can connect with us, you know, as an organization and then me personally. Yeah. Hey, and friends that are listening, uh, man, Solomon, what he's saying is true about how they open up their playbook. Uh, that is so true. That has been um, what the salt company, the salt network, has been about for a long time. Uh, they are such green. They are such team players. They are such kingdom builders. Um, mm-hmm. So be sure to take advantage of that. Solomon, thank you so much for your time, man. So rich, uh, man. We are so excited 
to continue to get to know you more and to connect with uh, the Salt Company and Salt Network and what you guys are all about, man. Thanks for being on. And friends, thank you so much for listening to the Next Gen Mission podcast. If you have any questions at all on reaching the next generation or really the now generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net and we'll try to address those on a future podcast. Listen, if this uh, podcast has been a blessing to you, be sure to share the episode with uh, your friends and let them know uh, what the Next Gen Mission is all about. Hey, we want you to have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.